When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. ChumbaCasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. A dream is made real. Ricky Hatton rocks the world. How do you like it? How do you like it? I wish I was 50 years younger and I'd kick your ass. It's over. Mamma mia. He's done it. Anthony Joshua. Welcome back to BTR Boxing Podcast Network. This is the Big Fight Reaction Show. I am your host, Sean, and I'm joined back on the Reaction Show by Johnston. Johnston, it's great to have you back on. And we're really excited to talk about the reaction to what was, in many people's eyes, an upset this weekend as Joe Joyce lost with a six-round technical knockout after Howard Foster stopped the fight due to a, a really bad eye from Joe Joyce because Big Bang, Chile Chang, absolutely dominated Joe Joyce in that fight. And we're here to talk about this fight and what that means for the heavyweight division and what that means going forward for both of these men. Johnston, did you really expect it to go down this way? Um, I'll be honest with you, I, I didn't. But um, what I will say is I did feel that Zhang would take an early lead and I felt that he would, yeah, I, I thought that he would have pretty much the first part of the fight. But I thought Joyce would be able to take his shots and then come back. And as we've seen from previous fights, eventually take control of the fight and tie Zhang out. And then eventually I thought we would get him late on. Um, but we didn't get to that second part of the fight because the arm was so bad. So... It did sort of go the way I thought, but um, obviously not the way it ended. Um, I think I think it's a bit harsh for people to say that Joyce has been exposed and he's a bit chinny because he certainly ain't chinny. I mean, <laughs> um, I don't know how anyone could ever think he was chinny or even a bit dazed. I think I think someone I didn't read someone was sort of mentioning that he's got dazed. Oh, he's been he's been done. He's you know look he got buzzed in the second round and. I mean, his legs sort of went a little bit, but he came straight back and started throwing punches. So I think it's a bit disrespectful to say that Joyce has been found out. I just think that he's eye giveaway in the end. Well, I looked at this fight and I honestly thought Joyce was going to win it. Jamie did the preview. Jamie thought Joyce would win it. We watched the fight on Saturday and we had Carl Frampton, Steve Bunce both saying that Joyce would start slow, Zang would win the early rounds and Joyce would come on stronger in the second round. Yeah. And, and, and the one thing I noticed straight away about this fight was he didn't use that footwork, that lateral movement that people was anticipating he was going to use and that he just literally stood in front of Zhang and allowed Zhang to just pop that left off at will. And that was the biggest problem, wasn't it, for Joe Joyce? Like, he, he stood there in front of him. He, he didn't make himself a moving target. He didn't let Zhang chase him round, round the ring and try to cut the ring off. He literally just sort of stood toe-to-toe many, 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 many ways through that fight where I felt... Why is he not moving around? Why is he not using the ring? Why is he not doing any of this? 
people are talking about the fact that he came in too light for this fight. There's that, there's that conversation. Whatever you want to say about this, even if he was heavier than what he was for this fight, would it have made a difference if he still continued to stand in front of Zhang? I'm not so sure it would have done. The problem was he stood in front of him for too long. He didn't move around the ring and he allowed Zhang to throw that backhand at will and took it at will. And I think that was the biggest problem he had. And no wonder his eye was, was peppered the way it was. Fortunately for Joyce, he hasn't got any fractures. It's been confirmed there's no fractures there. It is just a badly bruised and swollen eye socket and cheekbone so he will be back not in as, as long a time of what people might have anticipated looking at it on saturday i thought god that looks like a maybe a fractured orbital or something he could be out for quite some time here but fortunately it isn't so he will be back within the next few months what did you think about them tactics and joyce's tactics because that that really wasn't what i was expecting maybe until the latter half of the fight well, look, he's fighting a southpaw. I mean, he did say that he hadn't fought a southpaw in a while. You would, you would think, you know, you, you would adapt in training and you would make sure that, you know, you're fully equipped for a southpaw fighter. And, you know, you said, look, you know, he didn't move. He was stepping to the right all the time. If You know, you can't keep stepping to the right. You're going to get caught with that left hand all the time. And and that's what he did. He didn't change the other. He should have just, if he just stepped to the left and just that, that left hand wouldn't have landed as much as it did. And I think the other thing is you've got to respect Zhang because he he didn't just throw the same shot all the time. He varied it. He varied it from different angles and he varied it with different power. But Joyce, surely, you know, you're going to keep getting tagged in the same eye and over and over again, constantly. You've got to adjust. Just a, just a slight step to the left um, would have helped. Just those things you should be doing in training. So it's like he just thought he could walk him down and then get rid of him. And, and to be fair, you know, the one thing I will say as well is that Joyce, I felt, won that fifth round. And I thought that if he hadn't had that bad eye, I do believe he probably would have gone on to have caused Zhang problems. Because I think the one thing about Zhang is the punch he was throwing very early in the first couple of rounds was very powerful and accurate. And although it was still accurate, he was pulling them back a little bit coming into sort of that second half of the fight because the eye was so bad and it was also grotesque to watch the amount of times he was peppering it, then, um, you know, it, it was it was inevitable that Howard Foster's going to stop the fight and, and he was right to. You know I mean, he, the amount of times I had the doc, doctor check it, it absolutely needed to be stopped. But to be, to Joyce's credit, I don't believe that he's, uh, I still believe he's got a solid chin. It's just his eye busted up badly and, and it's inevitable. Eventually, that's what's going to happen to you. Um, so yeah, it sort of went how I anticipated, but I just didn't anticipate the eye. And and sometimes you've got to make those adjustments. And he didn't do it. And he he didn't. He just in his face, in, he, you could see the state of his face. But the way he just kept coming forward and and not just as I say, just kept stepping to the right. The amount of times I see it, I mean, in the end, he can't see the shot coming. It's just it was just it was ridiculous, really, that someone didn't just say to him, just step to the left, or at least. Have a round off and back away. Keep the distance. Allow him to reach in a little bit. Nothing changed. He stood there and just got peppered with the Zhang left hand predominantly. But the one thing is, is Zhang, he was quick. He was fast. He, he put power behind them shots and, and he varied them in terms of power and, and angles. And you've got to give him credit for that. You have got to give him credit for that. That's the one thing I think I'm going to say openly here is that I didn't give him enough credit going into this fight. Uh, well, I mean, I did. I did because of the Hergovic fight. I actually felt he won that Hergovic fight, to be honest with you. Yep, even looking back on it now, like even though Hergovic got the nod, I still felt Chang won that fight. But in this fight, what I suppose I didn't anticipate was for Chang to, to start so fast and so accurate the way he did. And I didn't anticipate Joyce to be so static and immobile as what he was. And I think that, that, that them two elements combined made for what we saw, which was Chang using his, his jab, using it effectively, using his left hand effectively, as you said, varying the shots to head and body, not using it from the same angle, trying well to... to the body as well. yeah. He did do well to Great the body point. as well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it's like... You think about his game plan going into it. He had what he needed in the tank to at least win the first half of the fight if you're looking at a distance fight. 
we know that maybe he fades later on in fights because we've seen that and that's what the Joyce team were clearly relying upon was that to happen. But the problem was, by that point, the damage had already been done. He'd been hit too many times on that eye and it prompted Howard Foster to speak to the doctor not once but twice. And because of the second conversation with the doctor, he's then decided to wave this fight off and save Joyce for another day and people might not like the decision but the general consensus is it was the right decision because Joyce was losing the fight. One judge at that point had it actually Joyce winning, which was uh, quite ridiculous. a surprise. It was ridiculous, wasn't it? I, I thought... What was Joy- he watching? Joyce I mean, is not winning that fight. That's stupid, isn't it? So, I did 4-1. It's clear. I mean, you could push 3-2, but it's 4-1 all day. Yeah. yeah, absolutely. I agree, and I don't understand why. I mean, it doesn't make a difference in the grand scheme of things because no. the right right decision happened but it's just another poor showing again from another official which is another conversation that, that we've had recently about the border control and, and how a lot of it doesn't seem to be as fit for purpose as it once was but the talking points here really is that Chang got the victory Chang's the one now that's certainly elevated his status within the heavyweight division and I've watched a few post-fight interviews with Chang and what he's saying is he wants to fight Tyson Fury in China. There's a few outlets that have asked the same question. Who do you want to fight next? Does it want to be Fury? Is it Joshua? And he said Tyson Fury in China. And I just can't see Tyson Fury signing for that fight. No matter how much he berates Chang on social media, I just can't see him signing for that fight. I think that's actually quite a dangerous fight for Fury. Although people will go, hang on a minute, Fury will box rings around this guy. And I understand why people would say that. I think it's a dangerous fight because he can hit, he can hit hard, and he's a southpaw, and he's a difficult customer to deal with. People were also talking about Chang in the amateurs and the fact that Joshua sparked him in the amateurs and people forget about Joshua versus Chang in the amateurs and I've seen a few people actually discussing it on social media in the aftermath of the fight this is the pros this is not the amateurs anymore I think the way Joshua is at the moment I think Chang could beat Joshua even if Joshua's beaten him before it's the same like when Dillian White beat Joshua in the amateurs Joshua beats him in the pros I think Chang could beat Anthony Joshua in the pros if he was to fight Joshua I think Chang's now put himself right out there maybe as a guy that nobody will want to fight because he's more of a risk and low reward situation although I do think if it was in China surely it would make a hell of a lot of money because I'm sure the Chinese would want to pay really good money to have their own heavyweight champion as in they will they will pay to stage it over there they will pay everything they will pay to bring someone like a Fury or a Renutica or a Joshua over there because it is a big marquee thing for Chinese boxing so I think Chang certainly, he's upped his game, he's upped the stakes, he's put himself in prime position now to fight for a world title. It's just a question of which opponent is it going to be, which fighter is he going to get? And I think this is the question that is on many people's lips. And I'm going to ask you the same question, Johnston. Could Chile Chang become a world heavyweight champion? No. <laughs> I don't even mean to be that straight with you, but no, um, not for me. I, you know, Joyce made just numerous mistakes in that fight. And uh, and Zhang, even though you know, he won the fight, it's clear. I mean, you could even go 5-0. I, I feel that, I think Joyce won that fifth round. You know, I thought there was a turning point. Obviously, the eye was battered. And I do believe that Joyce would have come on strong. And with the favouritism towards those judges' scorecards, he probably would have got a nod if it had gone the distance. Interestingly, I do believe that. But, um, yeah, not for me. No, no, I think he, he's dangerous for the first five to six rounds. And after that, he will tire. Um, you know, he got Hergovic, for instance. I mean, that fight now, all of a sudden, that Hergovic win, although I don't believe he won that fight, looks good now. I mean, you're as good as your last fight. And and Joyce are like, you know, the haters of Joyce or the lovers of Wilder and the lovers of Joshua, Renusik and Fury, which is, you know, the, depends what camp you're in. We don't sit in any camp in particular. We like to explain fights as they are and we we give you the picture that we believe we we don't look at any fights through tinted glasses in any way in favor of any fight of course we wanted Joyce to win the fight we would be silly to say that we didn't but it puts Zhang in a great position as you say he's in China millions of millions of people will you know a big heavyweight I mean it would make a lot of money if they could get it in a stadium over there who would want to fight him no one I mean if there was a fight I would like to see it would be like maybe like a Deontay Wilder because you've got the left hander and you've got the right hander and who bangs harder. And it would be a matter of, 
that would be a very short fight. And 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 believe it or not, I think with Zhang, I mean, he could he could effectively with them left hands he was landing on on Joyce. I think they knock many heavyweights out. In fact, I think they knock them all out. But they're not going to be like Joyce and stand there and take them type of shots because he knocks them out. And what they do is they will move away and they will step to the left. They will assess him. And 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 for that reason, I, I still... Before, I was probably unfair to him, Sean. I think we both were, I called him bang average or big bang average Zang. But look, he's better than that. He showed that. But he he flipped the table. He flipped the script on us all. We weren't expecting him to produce the goods that he produced and show that devastating left hand that he showed against Joyce. Joyce, obviously... Uh, underestimated him as well and felt that he could just walk through all his shots and expect his eye not to balloon up the way it did. But for me, would he become a world champion? No, because I think Tyson Fury will beat him. I think Usyk beats him. I think Joshua beats him. I know you said you fancy Joshua, but Joshua will be clever enough to keep away from him. And then when he does land on him with his combinations, I feel that he'd get rid of Zhang as well. Um, even Andy Ruiz would be too fast for him, too tricky. Um, and, and Wilder, I think, is the great fight. I think, I think that is a fantastic fight. I think Zhang probably beats Dillian White because uh, he will no doubt land on Dillian. But again, I would like to see Dillian White-Joyce rather than Joyce Zhang again. Um, but Zhang deserves his opportunity, Sean. Who's going to be? Who's going to have the bottle to fight him? I too has got the bottle to fight Usyk, mate. Always has. He'll fight anyone. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, you know, this is uh, this is boxing, isn't it? And we know that and, certain and I fighters... And, and one thing I will say, I said I don't see it in anyone's camp, but I do tend to sway to Usyk's camp. <laughs> I can't help myself because he just don't... He will fight anyone, you know. So there you go. Well, I looked at this fight and I've looked at the aftermath and I've looked at what people have been saying about it and different journalists, different boxing media outlets about this fight. It is Ryan here and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, were prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18. Plus. I'm Victoria Cash. Thanks for calling the Lucky Land Hotline. If you feel like you do the same thing every day, press one. If you're ready to have some serious fun for the chance to redeem some serious prizes, press two. We heard you loud and clear. So go to LuckyLandSlots.com right now and play over 100 social casino-style games for free. Get lucky today at LuckyLandSlots.com. Available to players in the U.S., excluding Washington and Michigan. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. This is the story of the one. As a maintenance engineer, he hears things differently. To the untrained ear, everything on his shop floor might sound fine, but he can hear gears grinding or a belt slipping. So he steps in to fix the problem at hand before it gets out of hand. And he knows Granger's got the right product he needs to get the job done, which is music to his ears. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. And, you know, overall, it, it, it did deliver in, in many ways because it delivered in a way that maybe not a lot of us were expecting it. Now, we can sit here and theorise about how it could have gone if it should have carried on. Ultimately, Joyce didn't have the right game plan for this particular fight on the night and he lost. Does he deserve a rematch? Well... Yeah, why not? Because he, he wasn't completely out of the fight and you rightly pointed out what could have happened or what you believe could have happened if that fight could have gone on. And I actually had Joyce winning between rounds 9 to 10. I actually thought he would come on strong later in the fight, but he couldn't because of the fact that his eye was so ballooned up. But that was because he didn't implement a good enough game plan on the night. So would I like to see a rematch? Yes, I would. I would like Joyce to be given the opportunity for redemption and to try and make amends for the mistakes he's made in this fight. Could he beat Zang? Absolutely. Could Zang beat Joyce again? Yeah, surely you could because surely now there's a bit of confidence that's going to have been lost from Joe Joyce going in there against a guy who ultimately he thought he was going to be able to demolish and he didn't. So it makes for... A better fight the second time round, I believe, because actually there's a bit of confidence lost from one side and confidence gained on the other. Joyce knowing that he can be hurt by a fighter because he was hurt by Chang in that second round. It was evident for the first time we've seen in the pros. We've seen Joyce wobbling a little bit and, you know, this was the whole 
chin versus punch debate, you know, when we talked about Joyce versus Wilder, we've now seen that little bit of vulnerability. There's people on social media now that believe Joe Joyce won't be the same after this fight and that his confidence will completely dip and that it will be, if he fights Chang again, he'll actually lose. Or if he fights anyone else in the heavyweight division at the top, that's, that he's going to lose. I mean, for me, I think, I, 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 honest to God, I still feel, all right, yeah, he stepped back slightly in that second round. I've watched it a few times and he still comes forward. How many, honestly, Sean, how many heavyweights could take that punishment and not do, and, and not be buckled by it? Honestly, you look at anyone, even Usyk. If Usyk, Usyk doesn't take a shot as clear as that, and he will never take a shot that clear in the heavyweight game because he knows, effectively, Usyk will get hurt. His head movements are masterclass, and his footwork is brilliant. Joyce just showed no footwork and limited head head movement. In fact, he didn't even need to move his head; he needed to just adjust his feet. And we've seen, you know, with Brendan Ingle, with when we've done that career profile with Prince Nazim Hamid, the importance of footwork. You see it with Lavachenko. You see it with Usyk. The head work, the, the footwork, even at times Tyson Fury. If you've got that slight bit of ability to move your feet. Joyce goes on and wins that fight for me. And I think he he stepped forward after getting buzzed. I suppose you could call it buzzed. He did. He did look, look, he did look hurt. But he came forward. And honestly, even Tyson Fury would have gone down from that. He probably would have got up, but he would have gone down from that. And on, on honesty, I'll ask you a question, Sean. Those shots that Zhang landed on Joyce, how many heavyweights do you honestly believe would still be standing for the referee to stop the fight on a bad eye? I guarantee you, for me personally... None of them. They'd have all been knocked out. Very interesting conversation and debate. And do I believe he so, would have knocked so many down? Joyce has got a solid chin, mate. I think Joyce has still got a chin. That, that I mean, that shows you can't. He never lost honestly, it though. He's not lost it because he got he got he got hurt. He's not lost it at all. Yeah. If anything, he's shown no. he's got a chin even more. Exactly, exactly. And I think that's that's the problem is that he has shown that he can he can keep coming forward by taking a series of left left hands from a guy who was 22 pounds heavier than him i mean that is insane you think about that that is a lot of damage to take on a on a skull it's incredible honestly i'll give him his due respect for the fact that he didn't get even put on it even needing to take a knee I mean, that is impressive and people want to turn around and say oh we get exposed by people now you get knocked out by Dillio. Deontay Wilder. I'll tell you what, Zhang, I believe it's probably just as hard as Wilder. Wilder is no doubt, you know, he cannot people out. But you've seen it with Fury. That you, think you can get up from it. I, 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 I'll, be, I'll be honest with you. I mean, if anything, the eye might go on Joyce again. I think that's his biggest concern, Sean, isn't it? I mean, the, the chin he showed for me was very impressive because he was getting his face pounding. He was getting his face pounded in and it was almost grotesque to watch at one point in that fight. I was like wincing at the fact that just step to the left, Joyce. That's all I kept shouting at the screen, I think. And I was just in, in order. He's cornered in and say, look, just make a slight adjustment. Maybe it's a big adjustment for Joyce and he couldn't do it. Who knows? But I mean, the, the guy's got some serious chin, man, to stood up and the referee having to call it off. And for me, to have taken that fifth round and looked like he was going to be on the ascendancy because it looked to me like Zhang was starting to wilt ever so slightly. Yeah, I agree with that. I agree it was starting to turn the tide a little bit, although he was still getting peppered with shots oh, quite, clearly, quite yeah. openly and cleanly. I still feel that if the fight would have been allowed to continue, maybe there would have been a change. It's hard because at which point do you stop the fight as a referee at which point do you say actually that's enough because you've seen fights like that before with grotesque injuries and and still somehow the fight's been allowed to go on and ultimately the guy with the grotesque injury comes out of it and ends up landing something that's significant that ends up winning the fight so yeah there's also that debate over health as well at which point do you stop the fight I think it was a good stoppage, if I'm being honest. So, I think so I. I, I, I think it was saving for another day. He'd already checked it once with a doctor, then he checked it twice. It, it was the right thing to do. It was the right thing to do in this instance, saving for another day. You carry on for another five, six rounds to the end of the fight 
what more damage could have been sustained because it was evident Joyce weren't going down. I think the biggest, hardest shots he took were in that second round. And as you said, the power from Chang had started to wane by that point where the fight had been stopped. So I can ultimately see Joyce sticking it out the distance or potentially doing something significant that, that changes the fight in the latter stages. But at what detriment to Joyce's health? And that that's the conversation. So if you're talking about a stoppage that shouldn't have happened, if, if any of you have thought, oh, well, it shouldn't have happened, well, you're wrong. It should have happened. It was the right thing to do at this stage. There was obviously a rematch clause because it's been spoken about all over social media. Should Joyce get his rematch? Is Joyce going to take his rematch? Yeah, of course. He's well within his rights to do so. Is it a risk to go straight back in there and straight into the lion's den? Some people might say it is. I even seen one person post a picture of Tony Thompson, David Price, when obviously David Price got, got <laughs> stopped by Thompson and then got stopped again by Thompson straight away in his next fight. I don't think Joyce and Price are the same fighters. No way. I Do mean, you know what I mean? Price, I mean, he got absolutely wobbled all over the shot, didn't he? I mean, Price was great to watch, but my goodness, he didn't have a chin for the heavyweight game. I honestly still I still believe that Joe Joyce has got the toughest chin in the heavyweight game. I still don't know how people could suggest any otherwise. I mean, honestly, Sean, I ask you the question. If Zhang had landed them shots on any other heavyweight, could you honestly say that any of them would still be standing after six rounds? I think a lot of them would have wobbled if they didn't go down, like, like Joyce did. I think a lot of them would have wobbled. I think Fury would have gone down because Fury has been put down by cruiserweight Steve Cunningham and I know I always go back to that fact but he has he's been put down by Wilder on on numerous occasions so yeah absolutely I think someone like Fury Joshua yeah he's been down before a few times so yeah he could go down Usyk we've not seen that vulnerability in, in him yet so I think maybe maybe not I don't know you know it's, I think because we've seen it with the other fighters I could quite easily say yes to that but someone like Anusik, who we've not seen in, in that level of danger, I don't know. But the, the question is then, would Usyk even let Chang get near him exactly. enough to do it? And, and that, that, that's the other that conversation. Is, that is the biggest difference. And that is why, you know, when you look at Tyson Fu, you're thinking of the size of the guy. He's got great footwork. For his size, he has. But in, in, in general, no. You know, when you look across, when you know, they're lighter fighters. I mean, you look at the Lemonchenkos, you look at Haney, you look at Shakur Stevenson, and you look at how great their distances and footwork are. I mean, you're talking about heavyweights, it's different. You know, Cassius Clay, but, but I mean, Mohamed, I'm sat calling him Cassius Clay because when he was Cassius Clay, I mean, he was amazing. You look at that footwork, and then when he changed in, in, into Ali, I mean, there's no one like it. It was like watching Sugar Ray Robinson at heavyweight. It was the maddest thing you could ever watch. There's no one that ever competes with that. Um, Usyk's probably the closest, I do believe. I'm not going to say he's like Ali, no way. But I'm, what I'm generally saying is, is with his footwork, with his head movement, he's able to navigate his way through fights where fight, he don't get caught clean like that by Zhang because he knows the chances are probably going to go down. And that's where they're savvy enough, though. That's what makes Fury, that's what makes Usyk that different, that bit different. Although Fury has it, the deck against a big puncher in Wilder, he's got back up again. But what makes them different is the fact is, is that they can they don't catch anything clean. And even when they do get caught slightly on top of the crown or the head or whatever, you know, they've got that ability to stand up and sh grit and determination to go on and actually win win a fight and knock the other guy out. But everybody else in that division is, you know, other than, for me, other than Joyce, I think Joshua gets knocked out, White gets knocked out, Ruiz even. I mean, Ruiz has got a decent chin, but he's another one he doesn't get keep. Uh, caught clean. Wilder gets knocked out. White gets knocked out. They all get knocked out by Zhang if you get hit that amount of times with a left hand. And, and I, I think it's pretty clear. I mean, Derek Chisora is another one. He's got a tough chin, but eventually he would have gone down. Um, I mean, it's crazy. I, it was it was a mad, mad watch because I was just thinking, I mean, what were they doing, Sean, in camp? What, what, the, what the fuck was Joe Joyce doing in camp to know he's going to be fighting a southpaw and not think about just adjusting his footwork? I mean, it I don't know. I think I think if anything, it just shows that um, he thought he could walk him down, and and now we know he's going to have to make some adjustments if he's going to take that rematch. Although I would love to see him fight Dillian White. I would like to see that fight because Dillian White was in the crowd, like that was happening. Um, yeah, I would like to see that. I'd even like to see him fight Deontay Wilder. Yeah, there's there's some great fights for him there. We'll just have to see where 
the two fighters get navigated, whether that rematch happens, whether they get navigated elsewhere by their respective teams, it will be interesting. What I do believe, I don't know how true this is, apparently now Queensbury have now got dibs on Chile Chang. That, that prior to this fight, apparently there was some contract put in place where if Chang wins the fight, he basically he basically <laughs> gets Chang as well. So you wow. know what what was that what was that saying? You, you, you go you go there with the champion and you leave with the champion, and that's kind of what um what what Frank Warren's done there as a, a promotional. He company. showed up with Joyce and left with Zhang, did he? Yeah. Oh, no, he done he done what old Don King done within the old. Uh, what was it? Was it the it was it was the Foreman Fraser fight, wasn't yep, it? Or was it yep. Rumble in the Jungle? I can't remember. I think it might have been the the Fraser Foreman one. But um, oh wow, impressive! I can't believe he's got that. <laughs> That's brilliant. Yep, He'd be pushing go. for a fight in China then, surely, Sean? Wouldn't he? Get all the billions. Watch. I mean, there we are. Well, they've got China. Fury, haven't they? They've got Fury. So between well, yeah. between top top rank and Queensbury, they, they 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 both they both have dibs in Fury. So now they have dibs in Fury. They've got Chang there now. It, it's a it's a fight that could be made because Usyk because Usyk now looks like he's going to be fighting Dubois, or that could change. We don't know yet. I mean, this fight was for the WBO interim title, so that puts Chang now mandatory. For, for Usyk, whereas it did with Us, uh, Joyce before when he beat Joe Parker. Yeah. So, you know, now Chang's got the option to potentially fight Usyk if it gets mandated, or there's the option for the WBC to say, actually, you know, we will mandate Chile Chang and we can have that fight in China. Tyson Fury gets his fight in China. Usyk goes on, fights Dubois. Maybe there's something else that comes after. I don't know. I don't know what the landscape of the heavyweight division uh, it's going to look like by the end of the year. Joshua was supposed to be fighting in the summer. Now he's saying he's not fighting until December. You know, there's uh, there's just so much going on at the moment, and and stuff like this, these little changes where you don't expect them, do make it a little bit exciting because then you've got the prospects of these other fights. So I'm really looking forward to seeing how the rest of the year goes and and and, and what the landscape looks like for these guys. Whether that rematch the one, will the come. Thing, the one thing I will say is the negativity on that on the way that fight went I do worry now when you look at the other heavyweights oh I ain't taking that risk I ain't taking that risk and and that's what you think I mean it, the camp would be in their ear no you don't want to take that risk mate you know look, look like what Joyce has done and Joyce even said I'm a throwback fight I'll fight anyone and I think he is so um, I think the only guy out there really I'll be honest with you that wants to be active wants to defend his titles is Usyk I, I think there's, there's too many people in Fury's ear Joshua obviously He's not ready to take any sort of risk. Uh, Ruiz Fury looks like that could be a strong possibility. Um, I mean, I'd like to see Ruiz Wilder. All these guys, they should be fighting each other, Sean. We say it every, every year, the heavyweight game. And, and I mean, we've got a big fight this weekend coming up in the lower ranks of the division, which we're going to, the Garcia tank fight. But look, you know, that should be paving the way for these big fights. We need, we need them, Sean. We need them. I mean, that's why we all end up digging through the archives of, the history to try and find these fights because it just ain't happening. Well, I think that's enough talk for the Joyce and Chang fight. We've done literally nearly the full episode. I mean, we tried to keep <laughs> these episodes in half an hour segments to make it a little bit easier uh, to listen to and digest and, and not as time consuming for you guys. But actually, we've got some other fights that we did watch over the weekend that we do want to briefly talk about and just mention because these were ones that me and Jamie were talking about in the preview and we said these these are fights you should go and look at over the weekend and one of them was Denzel Bentley and Kieran Smith and Johnson Denzel Bentley absolutely obliterating Kieran Smith in that first round taking him out I think it was like 45 seconds 45 seconds into the round and he just absolutely obliterates him and I feel for Kieran to be honest with you because he took his opportunity he stepped up he's going for the British middleweight title and he's just been caught cold and taken out whereas Denzel obviously we've seen Denzel he's had he's had them He's not had an up and down career, but he's had a he's had a career where you thought of think he's getting to a point and then he, he gets he gets beaten and then he comes back and then he gets beaten again and then he's coming back again and just showing that he's evidently much better than British level. I think that's the one thing I will say. I know he lost to Felix Cash in 21. That was his first defeat on his record. But since then, he bounced back and he got really good victories on his record. Linus Udofia was one of them last year. Then he comes back and beats Marcus Morrison. And then he has the fight with Chani Beck for the WBO world title and puts on a a good performance in that fight. A losing performance, but a good performance nevertheless. His next fight, he has... 
the British middleweight title to defend again. And then absolutely obliterates Kieran Smith. So the one thing I've taken out of this, which is very evident with Denzel, is that he is definitely above British level, probably European sort of fringe world level contender. That's where I'd put Denzel at this moment in time in his career. That is a really good victory for him. That's a really good performance. And when you look around at the middleweight division, and you look at the fighters that are around, that are above him within the different organisations, there's not many of them there. I could honestly think to myself, he wouldn't give them a good fight. And you look at the top end of this middleweight division, and you obviously you've got Gennady Golovkin sat at the top. You've got Smith and Eubank waiting for that confirmation of their rematch to be announced. So them two are going to be tied up there. You've got Jaime Munguia. You've got, obviously, Derevinchenko still in the middleweight division. You've got Aries Landilara at 40, still there. Chani Beck, obviously, WBO champion. You've got Michael Zarafa, a former Kelbrook opponent up in the middleweight division. And, of course, you've got Felix Cash, who's supposed to be fighting Austin Williams, Ammo Williams. So... Where does Bentley go now at this point? And do you do you agree that he's like European slash world level fringe contender? Yeah, he is. He is, uh, and and I must say, I mean, it was a a beautiful finish. It was very quick. I mean, the left hand sort of set that up, and uh, and Smith his legs went, and then eventually um, it was the right hand. I can't remember was it the finishing shot was the left. I think I mean, it was a brutal knockout. I mean, my goodness me, he was out cold the moment that right hand landed, and. Yeah, Bentley, uh, obviously, with a little bit of a celebration. I'm glad he didn't dig his grave or anything, like uh, planted. And he just sort of done a cross and then sort of was quite, you know, just just wake this guy up kind of thing. He was he was quite nice about that. It was good to see, you know, a little bit of respect, you know, that sportsmanship inside of him. And and look, you know, like that Channing Beck fight, he, he we expect, a lot of people expected him to get sparked out. He didn't. And um, and that was, a for me, I think that was a great learning curve for him. A lot of people not really fancying Chani Beck either, by the way. He's definitely one guy to look out for. A lot of those middleweights as you go through, I mean, Munguia should be fighting him. Uh, that should be the fight in this division, really. Uh, the Smith-Eubank fight, is that going to happen? I mean, the Eubank-Ben situation seems to have made some slight developments that I see where apparently they're looking at getting a license in Texas. So, um I still believe that the Eubank-Ben fight is probably more likely than the Smith one. And Smith sort of, I think he needs to move on quickly uh, and try and get himself another fight. Um, but yeah, look, Bentley's there, mate. I mean, you look at it, him and Felix Cash, I mean, they're sort of in the fringes there. Uh, it, Bentley took the, the the risk and took on Channing, but Felix didn't want to know. No one did, in fact. So for that reason, I think, you know, there's there's a big fight out there. With it. I mean, even like a, a Darren Devinchenko, uh, if I pronounce his name right. Lara Golovkin looks like a fight. The old timer's going to have a little fight at some point. So there's not much out there for him. There isn't. And um, there is still a possibility that a title could become vacant at some point. And, and then it will be what that organisation tends to put as their mandatories. And, and he could end up getting quite lucky and getting a fight against someone lower in the ranks in him that he could get a world title and hold on to a world title. It's an open division, Sean, isn't it? There's not really you've got yep. some, some old timers, and then you've got the other guys that, for me, I mean, you look at Eubank and Smith. I mean, Smith's a strong contender in this division as well. So, yeah, uh, you look at the two British fight guys and and Cash, the three of them in particular, they've got a great chance of winning a world title at some point. Yeah, if if, if the stars align, absolutely, I, I'd agree with that. I think uh, for for Bentley, who we've been the talking about, man, then? I mean, who, who is the danger man? Manguia and Chaddy Beck, really, in it? Yeah, I think they're they're the fighters that maybe people are avoiding. Obviously, I think anyone would take the Golovkin fight at this stage because, let's be honest, Golovkin is past his prime. He's still good yeah. enough to beat the majority, but he's past his prime. So, you know, if that meal ticket came up, you wouldn't deny a Denzel Bentley opportunity for something like that. You wouldn't deny a Liam Smith opportunity, even though he's never campaigned up there for majority of his career other than the Eubank fight of course so you wouldn't deny any of them British fighters an opportunity you certainly wouldn't want to not see them get paid for that but like the the, the danger man was supposed to be Channy Bay and you've got Golovkin I think Lara even at 40 is still a problem for everybody he's a champion as yeah. well so I think he's still, still a problem so I think when you look at a division there is an opportunity with the older guys potentially coming towards the end of their reigns, whether that be through dethronement of another fight or whether that be through retirement. You're right. There's definitely 
watch this space moment with the middleweight division because I do think within the next 12, maybe 18 months that Felix Cash, Denzel Bentley, one of them will be in a world title fight and one of them potentially could get the opportunity to, to beat a fighter at the same level or or rank slightly lower, like you just said, that, that they could actually win one of the, well, you know, the, exactly, the less regarded you know titles. Organization, exactly. You know, the titles, I mean, the WBC, some of the rankings are just insane. WBA, for instance. I mean, you know, eventually they're going to become available. I do think Golovkin Law will probably happen. And I think I do believe that that might be it for Golovkin. I think, he, I think he's only got one more fight in him. I can't see him knocking around. If he sticks around for too long, he's going to get beat by a guy that he should never be getting beaten by. And it could be one of the British lads. Let's be honest. I mean, Amy Munguia is probably the only one there at 26 who should really be absolutely do- after everyone and, and ruling the division when you look at his record and you look at the age of him. And But he, again, he, he, I don't know what it is with him. Or whether it's him as a fighter or his team, they just don't seem to want to push for these big fights and, and angle themselves into a position where they could clean up the division. You would look at it, Sean, wouldn't you? And you'd think so. But we have our question marks about Munguia and and whether he really wants it. I don't, I don't think he does. So, you know, one of those young, hungry fighters that gets an opportunity and you never know. Uh, you're going to learn. He's, he's learning great things, Bentley, by having those fights with Cash and then with Zanny Beck. So, you know, who knows? Maybe when he gets that opportunity, uh, it's going to be like a Darren Barker where he, if he wins, it'd be a one-off. It'd be a fantastic achievement. He won't probably retain it, but you never know. You never know. Guys retire. And then others move up and down and all of a sudden an opportunity is there and he can win it and then hold on to it for a little while. Well, let's move on to another fight on the card, which me and Jamie talked about in the preview, which was Michaela Mayer's fight, which was supposed to be against Christina Lenardatu. She was pulled at the last minute due to uh, medical scans, medical reasons. And Lucy Wildheart came in at the very last minute, 24 hours notice. Fair play to her, man. She put on a, a valiant performance against Mayer, who just made it look quite straightforward, really, to be honest. No, no disrespect to, to, to Lucy. I think she's a great fighter and she, she gave her a couple of problems during the course of that fight. But what I did see was... Uh, a sort of standard routine performance for Michaela Mayer, who's looking for, you know, she's looking for redemption, isn't she? She's moved up from super featherweight to lightweight. She's she's looking for redemption. The the big name at lightweight of, is, of course, Katie Taylor. And then you've got Amanda Serrano, obviously, in the mix there with a potential rematch with Katie Taylor, dependent upon how the Chantal Cameron fight goes, of course. We don't know how that's going to go in May. So, you know, Michaela Mayer at the moment is, is I think she's in a little bit of, I don't know if you, you tend to agree with this statement, but I feel like she's in a little bit of a, no woman's land. I'm going to say no woman's land to be a bit uh, politically correct here. I don't want to say no man's land, but I just don't know. Like, where does she? Where does she go at the moment? Like in this in this lightweight division with Katie Taylor holding all the gold in the lightweight division, and you look around the depth at the top level of the lightweight division isn't fantastic at the moment. So I just can't see where. Michaela Meyer goes from this, from this victory. I just, I can't see it. Katie Taylor's number one. She's ranked as number one in this division, obviously. Michaela Meyer is now being ranked as, as the second best fighter in this lightweight division. And then you've got a couple of names that you can probably recognise that are within the rankings. You know, you've got Katharina Thandes. We've got Rhiannon Dixon, who's who's undefeated 8-0, one of our own. And you've got Erica Annabella Farias, who we've seen, who's 38. We've seen her fighting against some of our British ladies as well. But genuinely, I just can't see where there's a route for her at the moment in this division to make a significant impact. If anything, I'd be sort of pushing for her maybe to see if she could move up one more division. Because I think she's got the she's got the physical attributes to definitely go up another division, and I think she's more likely to get more significant fights there. Or I know we were talking about it when she got beat off Baumgartner. Was she boiling down too much? Could she go back down to super featherweight and and sort of chase that rematch again? I just don't know where she goes at the moment, and and I'm struggling to sort of see a clear path for her. And I don't know if, if, if you kind of feel the same or if you've got any suggestions about what she could do at this stage. Yeah, it's tricky, isn't it? Because, I mean, she she lost the, the Baumgartner fight and it doesn't look like Baumgartner wants to give her a rematch because I think that is a, that's a possibility. I think that was a tight enough fight for Maya to get that rematch. But obviously, Alicia wants to go a different route. 
Um, so, yeah, I mean, he got the pursuit fight as well for her. But I think for me, you know, Maya deserves the opportunity to just be fighting the big names. Obviously, Katie Taylor, as, as you've mentioned, is uh, currently tied up for May. Um, but, you know, you've got a potential fight with Amanda Serrano. I think Maya was even saying she would have Serrano or Taylor. They're the two fights she would love to have. And she said, um, there's no doubt I'm chasing Taylor. Obviously, Taylor has to still come through her fight. So I think that's where she's looking at, just those big level fights. I can't, I don't really see the point in her fighting anyone else because it's just, I mean, it's just, if anything, it's just to keep her active and 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 keep her levels up, really, while she just waits for the opportunity. I believe Serrano or Taylor will be a, a, the next big fight she has. I think she might have a, another, another little fight in between. I don't know that's going to be against. I've got no idea, to be honest with you, but I think it'd be like a little warm-up fight. But uh, to keep her active, but I think she's going to have one eye on that Taylor fight. And um, and I think she would love to have that opportunity to fight Katie Taylor. I think it'd be a good fight. Um, and yeah, Amanda Serrano is the only other one for me, Sean. I think that's what she needs. You know, she's 32. Um, she's even said like she, she had her plan and that was to be undisputed super featherweight champion and then move up to lightweight and go for Katie Taylor and, and Serrano if need be. But Serrano's moved with Dan and obviously... Taylor says, I think that's, that's just what she needs, mate. And I think she's in contention all the time. Whoever wins that fight with uh, with Katie Taylor and uh, Chantel Cameron, um, I think, I mean, I'm siding with, with Taylor, but you never know. But I think whoever wins that, I think Maya is up for a definite strong contention. I know there's super lightweight titles on the line and it is a super lightweight division they're fighting at, but Katie could quite easily drop down to lightweight or even Maya moves up to super, super lightweight. But that's it, Sean, for me. She's got to look for the big ones, isn't she? Yeah, absolutely. I think that that's that's it. Unless Bam Gardner moves up to lightweight, and then there's the opportunity oh, yeah. of a rematch up that's at lightweight. It. So yeah. the, the, yeah. they're the only sort of possible routes I can see her going down. I think she will probably will have another fight to keep busy uh, in in the meantime. But I I preferred watching her when she's in a tough fight because that I think when that's when she excels. Like with no disrespect to Lucy again, I think she's took it oh, at the no. very last minute. Yeah, you've got. That she, was she, brilliant she, for me. I mean, the, the last that was that's the one thing you were right to point out. Lucy, fantastic work from her. I mean, that was incredible that she lasted and she put up a decent effort. I know it was one sided, but you know, conditioning wise, that was fantastic for me. Wasn't yeah, it? absolutely. And, and and she will take a lot away from that, and it will put her in in good stead for a, for a fight in the future. Now she's fought someone. At, at such a high level now it, it would be really good for her that absolutely but you know I'm thinking like with Maya when she, when you see her at her best it's when she's in a really highly competitive tough fight the Baumgartner fight arguably I thought she won that fight Baumgartner got the decision people thought Baumgartner got that fight when you saw her as well like it was against Hamadouche that was a brilliant fight a brilliant fight against Maya Hamadouche that's when yeah. you see Michaela Mayer at her best that's when you see when you yeah. get her in a fight with someone like that, someone like a Serrano or a Taylor or even a Cameron or a Baumgartner rematch. That's when we're going to see her best. When she's fighting somebody who it must have been difficult to be ready for, considering the late change of opponent. I felt like she was a little bit flat in the fight. She got a one-sided victory, yeah. but you could tell she wasn't. There wasn't that tenacity that there was there in the other fights, and I think that's when you see her at her best. So. You know, people will slag her for that fight, say it was boring and, and she isn't that good. I think she's really good. I do think she's got really good fundamentals, better than some of the men. So I think she just needs to be in, in that. She rises to, to certain occasions, I think, that she's that type of fighter. But all credit to her. She gets the win. All credit to Lucy. She gets really, really good experience moving forward for her career. Uh, and they were the three main fights that we covered last week in the preview. Just rounding up then some of the other fighters on that bill. We had Sonny Ali, Moses, Itama, Ethan, James, Seth, Gima and Joel Kadua who got victories all on point. Over six and four rounders respectively. And then we had a fight with a certain fighter who's more of a media personality than he is a boxer, and that's Prince Patel. Prince Patel, over at the Tolworth Recreation Centre, got a victory over Good Luck Mremer. Again, padding his record out even more, Mr Patel, but he shouts about it on social media so much about how he's going to become this champion. He's always wanting to fight Sonny Edwards, and he always wants to get that victory over Sonny Edwards. It's never happened. He's just not for anybody at all in his career. And that is the problem with Prince Patel. 
the only one fight he had for the IBO World Bantamweight title, he lost on points in 2019. He hasn't fought anybody. This this is the problem. He needs to fight somebody in that division. You see him against one of the big boys, and ultimately, I think he gets he gets rendered because I just don't think he's, regardless of how big his record is, I just don't think he's fought anybody at all. You look at the fighters he's fought, they've either got really, really badly padded records or losing records or 50-50 records. He's not fought anybody at this top level. So I can just see him not going anywhere and getting sparked at his first opportunity. And that's all I'm going to say about Prince because he's more of a media celebrity than he is actually a boxer. I hope he gets a fight because I do want to see if he can back up them words, but I'm I'm, I'm not very uh, optimistic that he can, to be honest with you. And that was the other notable mention from the weekend that I wanted to talk about that we, we didn't necessarily cover last week. And... That is it, really, for, for this reaction show. We haven't got anything significant for this episode we want to react to. We are back again this week with another episode. Javante Davis versus Ryan Garcia. Absolutely mega fight happening this weekend coming up. We've also got Rakimov versus Cordina. Cordina looking to go for the title that he never lost in the ring. So we're going to be talking about that in our next episode. But, as always... Please make sure you share any of the episodes on social media that you see us post out, any of the audiograms that we put out on social media. Please give it a retweet, a like and a share on the socials. Put your comments on there about what you think about the thoughts on Chang's future fights with certain heavyweight fighters, Joyce's future in fights with certain heavyweight fighters, and any other thoughts, feelings, and opinions that you may have from this episode. One final thing to mention as well, the Darker Side of Boxing Season 3. It has finished. It has been finished for about three weeks now, but it's there in its entirety. And if you haven't had the opportunity to go back and listen to any of that season, please go back. Full 10 episodes there, 10 after shows. We've got a season three wrap up and a season three bloopers episode. Please do go and check that out. Finally, thank you to our patrons of this podcast. Thank you for the support. Please keep checking out on the patron only feed for all the latest episodes which you get ad free and for your patron only exclusive series which is boxing through the decades the most recent one was the 1950s decade the 1960s decade is coming very very shortly so please do check that out if you're not a patron please do go and check us out at patreon.com forward slash btr boxing podcast and on there you can get access to boxing through the decades and many more patron only episodes as well as having ad three versions of the episodes on a private feed you can also contribute towards future episodes and you can also be part of that small community that we have of like-minded boxing fans if you have the opportunity to go and visit it take a couple of moments to see what we do and what we offer additionally and see if you can support us in that way well that is it for this episode thank you so much to listen thank you so much for listening to the big fight reaction Podcast Network. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.